Welcome to Convinced. I'm Vince Roca. Did he say Venti Mocha? And I'm Michael Hutchinson. And then we should start talking. So what do you got for me? Uh, let's see. Wait a minute. Um, Before we started recording, you asked me uh, why, what, what the point of the podcast was. I did. Yeah. Um, why, why are we podcasting? I pitched you. Why are you here? Why, why did you say yes? I pitched you in a... A uh, Facebook post, I think it was. Yeah, or, I should be podcasting from uh, England. Yes, you were on vacation and you made it to England, which we still need to get to that story. Because um, this so would have been to, interesting, podcasting we, drunk from different pubs. We could talk about the Olympics. Well, I thought about, yeah, there were various. I thought about podcasting from my pool. I thought about um, actually setting the equipment up in a car and podcasting from the 405. <laughs> in traffic? In traffic, yeah. <laughs> Every day, like the worst time of traffic. I was like, what if we got like four people together in a car and turned, you know, in the heat and turned off the air conditioner and then just <laughs> tried to get through the 405 nightmare um, and podcasted and talked and if that would be interesting. And then ultimately, I sent you a text or a Facebook post and pitched you on podcasting and uh, that, and you are here now. So why did you, what was your reason to podcast? Cause I thought it'd be fun. Okay. Well that's, I, I guess that's part of my reason <laughs> to podcast. Um, Cause I'm that interesting. Everybody wants to hear about my life. I, had, I think that's what it is. That, and that's very narcissistic, right? <laughs> like <laughs> I decided a podcast because I think that people want to know about me or I want to tell the, the, not so much that I want to tell the world my story, but I'm that arrogant that I think the world wants to know my story. Because we're, in, we're, we're interesting. <laughs> I don't, the, actually, I had some reservations about podcasting with you because you and I don't have a lot of conflict. Um, we don't argue. So uh, in that, I, I think that's where a lot of radio shows or whatever, audio shows get most of their... Uh, so I should start playing devil's advocate? Maybe. I don't know. As I still stare at your Ryan Seacrest shirt? Uh, my, yeah. Uh, what the hell happened? Um, Kevin Smith, I guess, in Smodcast. And uh, Kevin started podcasting because... He's a good friend of ours. Yeah. Just ask him. Right. Well, he, he knows who... He does know who I am. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we wrote a you book You guys made together. American Balls, right? That's true. We wrote a book. Have you gotten your copy? I do have my American I Balls. I well, American, I it, I actually, I got it, it was like two days after Vince ordered it because it was all in the UK. Yeah, you got it. It was delivered to you in the UK. Yeah. Oh, you should have brought it. Uh, American Balls is the uh, name of Kisses and Caroms on the other side of the pond. And Kisses and Caroms is the movie that uh, Michael and I made nine years ago. It's been that long. Yes, which is part of the reason why this. We need, we need a new project. Yes. Wait, we have three new projects. Right. <laughs> we need to finish so, the project. Here it is in a nutshell. Why. Why I thought about podcasting was Kevin started podcasting with Scott Mosier because he had made Clerks with Scott 10 plus years before and hadn't seen Scott in a long time. Uh, so he needed a reason for him. And this is what Kevin has said several times. He needed a reason for him and Scott to get together and bullshit because he missed hanging out with Scott. Uh, and that became Smodcast, which then became a beast all on its own. And they started performing it live. And uh, now, you know, they get advertising and all that sort of thing. So that's kind of the kernel is that – and Kevin is at a point in his career where he's thinking about uh, – or, well, he's announced that he's retiring from film. Um, I, I went three years without a job um, 
without a steady job. There were gigs and stuff in between. Um, I produced a movie called uh, uh, Ghostmaker, which is coming out from Lionsgate this October. So I did some things since Kisses and Caroms, but I haven't directed anything. Um, and I've worked on some gigs, some uh, editing gigs and TV shows and things here or there uh, in between. And finally, I got an actual job, a real nine-to-five job. Join in the real world. Yeah. Uh, and I don't even – I got the job as a career move. Um, I had gotten this idea. I had been working in a lot of uh, indie film projects. Um. And jumping from thing to thing, and and we, I wrote, we wrote, uh, what? Yeah, we got three projects: um, "Summer as a Jew," "Gal's Panic," and uh, "Atheist." The Atheist um, that are sort of floating out there, and the only one that's actually the only script that's complete is "Gal's Panic." But the economy crushed, and it seemed like it would be impossible to find money to make a movie. Uh, and it also seemed like I was just going to continually go from gig to gig and work in indie film forever. Uh, and it just – it seemed like nothing was going anywhere. So I decided that I would pursue a career as a, an assistant editor and move up to being an editor on a TV show, which would pay me lots of money. Um, you know, a, a union editor gets 750 bucks a day. Uh, a union assist gets $250 a day. So I thought, wow, you know, I could make a decent amount, um, have health insurance and all of that for the rest of my life, uh, which I currently have because of my wife's job, but whatever, um, retirement and all that sort of jazz. And I would be in the room with people who had money and made decisions. And through this, being an editor, I could work my way into uh, finding money to, to make gals panic, uh, which is what I really want to do. Uh, so I took an assistant gig at a place in Burbank called Keycode Media, who uh, they devise, engineer, sell, and implement post-production uh, workflows and gear. Uh, so I went to work there as an assistant uh, on a project that they were doing for Ovation Television. And that uh, based on my background and my uh, incredible charm, led into a nine-to-five job as a tech-slash-project manager-slash-applications engineer-slash-whatever. I don't know. It's still sort of evolving, and I'm not sure what, what the end result will be, but I've been there for three or four months. Fifteen weeks is what it is. Um, project manager already. Yes, and currently I'm You're working. Just that good. I'm working on uh, Hell's Kitchen, uh, season eleven and season twelve that I'll be on for a couple of weeks. Although uh, the job lasts over the next couple of months for the uh, full getting their post production facility fully up and running and making sure everything's you know taken care of for them. Um, and I've worked on Judge Judy. Uh, I've worked on uh, a new show uh, for Jeff Probst, which is yet to air. I worked on Animal Practice, um, uh, American Horror Story. Um, I've been in, uh, I've had access and been in a ton of uh, really long-lived, well-known shows. Uh, Some, I mean, American Horror Story just got nominated for 17 Emmys or something like that, the most ever. Uh, and I still haven't seen it. I've never seen it either. Um, 
I'll watch it when it's done and on Netflix. Just like I'm watching that 70s show now. <laughs> so uh, I, I thought – so it became – it's become a career move in that, okay, this allows me to network and meet a ton of people that I would normally have access to and might lead to something bigger and better down the road. But it also is very much this 9 to 5 or 9 to 9 as many days. Uh, I work 12, 13, 14 hours. Um, Teaching is not looking so bad, is it? Teaching is not looking so bad. Uh, although I think my uh, overtime probably makes your teaching check <laughs> look pretty bad. But anyway. Yeah, but I also get a lot of time off. Yeah, you I do. work 9 to 3 and I have 15 weeks. And right? yeah, teaching is not <laughs> looking so bad. But I would have to go back to a lot of school for that. Uh, you have some college. I do have some college. Um, anyway, uh, so I've started to feel like it's been nine years since I directed Kisses and Caroms. Um, and that seems impossible that it's been nine years. Uh, it does seem a long time. I start feeling, getting the feeling that I'm never going to do that again. Like it's just, it's done, it's over with. It's time to do what 40 year olds do and, you know, pay the mortgage and just move on to well, four years i can name off a couple of our friends who haven't been there yet who haven't been where have been the mortgage at 40 and no but i'm i mean the typical <laughs> this is the 40 year old mentality is it's it time is. to you know to, to plan for retirement and look toward retirement well walmart greeter <laughs> yeah that's my retirement um and so that kind of bugs me that kind of uh, really started weighing down on me that i may never get to make a movie ever again um, because of not being able to find the money or just getting stuck in the nine to five. Well, we're going to go find our pirate ship buddy. And <laughs> there you go. We're going to take their booty. Uh, and that may be, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, so then I started thinking you and I used to get together every Wednesday and we would, uh, sit down and talk, we would have production meetings essentially, uh, trying to move projects forward and get things done. Uh, and that finished up gals panic and, uh, got summer as a jew halfway there and uh i guess the atheist is probably halfway there but then i got a job and both of those projects came to a screeching halt actually everything came to a screeching halt as i haven't seen you in 15 weeks um i haven't been around either (laughs) you haven't well yeah you haven't been around but uh so from this point forward there's no way that i'm going to be around on wednesdays for a production meeting uh, and I'm not even sure what, why we would get together for a production meeting uh, because I'm, I don't have time to produce anything. I'm too busy. I don't have time to write. I mean, it's uh, taken me. Come home and relax. It's, uh, it's not even And watch that, that 70s show. The, the gate to the house stopped working today. The sprinklers in the front are leaking, and the pool pump has now sprung a leak. I mean, those are the things. Joys of owning a home. The the wife wants her uh, hands free kit installed. I I drive around a lot, and uh, so I integrated. I got a thing, and I hooked my iPod up to my stereo, like it hooks up into the back now, so it's crystal clear. And then my hands free phone kit, uh, I wired into the headliner, uh, so everything is nice and clean, and the you know it's really nice in the car now in the truck. And so the wife, of course, now wants her hands-free kit to be the same way <laughs> of course. and all the wires to be out of the way. So I have to do that. So, And I have a book, uh, a second book that I have, I'm having problems finishing. And that's not because I have writer's block, just because I can't find the time to do it, which I should be writing right now instead of chatting with you. 
um, because I can probably make more money on that book than I will ever make on the podcast. <laughs> you don't uh, know that, but that's but we the point are of, that damn interesting. Yeah, the point of the pop, podcast is not to make money anyway. Uh, it was simply to have a reason to get together with you each week and bullshit, and to uh, the the things that I feel like we can't like I can't get money. I come up with a lot of funny shit. Uh, at least I think so. Although I don't think I've been funny in any of the the previous shows <laughs> because we I don't just know. Just getting a feel for it. Right. We're just going on vacation. Less we haven't started going. Ass. We haven't it's gone funny. political or anything. Yet. No, we haven't talked about that. Um, but all of that ends up in a script, and then the script ends up in a, uh, a document that never sees the light of day because it needs money to see the light of the day. So I thought, hey, why can't I? We'll we'll be funny for free. We'll put the script shit uh, in a podcast. So that's why I pitched you to say, do you want a podcast? And that's... And damn it, we're interesting. And that's why. And I, I have no idea if I'm interested. I don't even really care. If we don't... <laughs> I actually don't. Because uh, that was one of the things. Deanna, the wife, was like, well, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to advertise it? I said, no. Just Let's see what happens. I'm just going to put Post it, it on the friends yeah. and see if our friends listen. That's it. If they put it on to their friends. And <laughs> that's it. I, the, uh, Twitter and Facebook and iTunes... Uh, and if it finds an audience, great. If it doesn't, what the hell? Uh, you know, it's 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 just something fun to do for uh, each week and see what the hell happens. So uh, that's 13 minutes that we'll never have back. Um, <laughs> but now we know why and what now, you do for a living now, what, right now. What do I do? I said what you do for what, a living. You, you, now you've you learned know. what you do. Right. I thought maybe you didn't follow the I, I'm sorry. Story. I fell asleep. What was that? Yeah, exactly. It probably was pretty boring. Um, I could play a sound effect. I don't know which one to play, uh, so I won't. <laughs> um, here, you'll like this one. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. That's me. That's that's the life I'm living right now. I'm a dude playing yeah, a dude, dude disguised as another dude. Um, and you know you can't go half retard. You gotta go full. Yeah, you got no. You never go full retard. You never go full. You, you never go, go full retard. retard. I only saw the movie once. Yeah, that's it. Once in the theater. I Rain Man it. didn't go full retard. Uh, you know, I played this Jack? one before. Do you know what this is? It's like living with a six-year-old. No. This line from one of your favorite movies. I'm surprised you don't know. There you go. You know who it is who's saying it, right? No. Really? Play it again. It's like living with a six-year-old. It's Steve Martin. One of your favorite movies. Steve Martin, favorite movie was the uh, <laughs> Three Amigos. That's from a line from the Three Amigos. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, yes. So back to you. Back that was to the you. Singing Bush. The, the Singing Bush. Yes. Uh, that, see, it's coming back now. So yeah. Oh, it has it been a while since you've seen the Three Amigos? It has. I imagine you watch it like weekly or something. <laughs> Whenever I'm not it's with that you. time, it's the Three Amigos. I think that you're watching the Three Amigos, um, uh, which is a great film. It is. It's gotten better over time, hasn't it? I think Every watch, it gets. Yeah, I think it's a better. It's one of those movies that does time goes by. My little buttercup has the sweetest a smile. He smile. Yes. Um, you were in Vegas. You made your way to New York. So I go to New York. Yes, I'm. I'm flying standby. So I make my way from Las Vegas to Denver. Denver to New York. I get in New York. I have no place to stay because my flight from New York to London is actually on Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday, and I flew in Tuesday. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and it's Wednesday night flight out. So I get there and I, I call, I work with Sunshine Kids, which is an organization for kids with cancer. And I've met a lot of nurses out in New York who live there. So I was uh, calling one of my other friends who's a director back east to ask for one of these nurses' phone numbers to see if a, I can crash a it. A film director? No, the oh. director of Sunshine Kids. Director of Sunshine Kids. Oh, okay. Uh, Brooks, yeah. You, oh. You have met Brooks. Yes. Uh, anyway, he's like, we're in New York right now. Why don't you just come stay with us? So I end up staying at a suite on 42nd Street or 46th Street, I think, right next to Times Square. Wow. Yeah, not, not bad. No. My meals were paid for. Then um, They were doing a Sunshine Kids event? They just happened to be doing these. So there were kids there. were kids there. There were kids there. Cool. Um, so, yeah, so they're like, just stay in the suite. It's all good. So I had this huge suite. Awesome. Um, Was the suite being used just for hospitality for the kids or were other people staying Yeah, there? When, when they do – when they do these trips, they always have one big suite that they have, which is the like the activity room where the mm-hmm. kids can meet, play games, stuff like that. But it's no one's no one actually stays there. Oh, okay. So you, I mean, you slept at night when no one was in there, but during the day, people would be in and out. Yeah, and whatever. All right, which cool. Was, the interesting thing about New York is you know it's, there's not a lot of space, so we have I have this huge room, but the bed goes up into the wall. It's uh, Murphy bed. Murphy bed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because that way there's more space because. Uh-huh. It lacked space, and had they put a, a bed in there, it would have taken up a lot of the space. Right. So I thought that was interesting. Anyway, the next day, we end up going to, because I have all day, my flight To McDonald's? Hmm? To, you went to McDonald's the next day? No. Because there's 50 of them on that island. <laughs> they have issues with New there's York. No, there's no McDonald's, no. And that was Sunshine Kids. We don't eat McDonald's with Sunshine Kids. Well, I got there, actually, that night. You know, I put my stuff down. And then I go over, and he's like, hey, we got to go pick up the kids over at Lion King. So we walk over to Lion King. We got the mm-hmm. whole tour of the set, um, the cast members and stuff like that. Which That's was, cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I guess it was right on Broadway. Then we go back. And it, <laughs> it was right on Broadway. It was right on Broadway. He totally just name-dropped that like it was no big deal. It was right on Broadway. <laughs> right on Broadway. <laughs> it was right on Broadway. <laughs> I went to Lion King on Broadway. Yeah. Well, I didn't get, well, I've seen it before. I didn't get to see it this time. I just happened to go pick up the kids. Boring tour with play. Them. Boring. I enjoyed the play. I, I thought Lion it was King. good. I thought it's visually pretty cool. Whatever. Uh, you can tell they're people. Yeah, it's a play. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it, visually works. cool would be like if I was like, when you go to see Cirque du Soleil, you're, that's visually cool because you're just like, ah, they can't be a human. Humans can't move that way. What the hell is Those that? Those are humans. Those they I can are. Tell are humans. That's what, make it, that's what makes it awesome. Some of the thing, the people on stilts and stuff like that are pretty cool. Yeah, whatever. All the costumes. Lion King, you saw behind the scenes. Yeah, so we go behind the scenes and we go and... Uh, the next day, we go to the 9-11, more, know, 9/11 Memorial. Where the towers came Where down. Where the towers came Yeah, down. the hole in the ground. There's two holes in the ground. Yeah. With the fountains and all that. Uh, and we, you know, you go and through. And there's like black wall or whatever, black marble walls with yeah, names on with them. with names on them, and, and which I found interesting also. Um, the names are, from obviously, the people who died, but they are put in order by who they were close to. Yes. So they would ask their fa- friends and family, like, you know, who are they close to? And it was usually like the, the guy in their cubicle next door or something like that. But they're actually put in a certain order, not just random. Yeah, there was a, uh, a company that was charged to build a computer program that uh, created like Google circles of people who are connected to each other. So if you were connected to you know you're you're connected to your wife but you're also connected to me and I'm connected to these other people we would get clumped together um and there was a lot of math or whatever put involved to get everybody around who they knew yeah it was it i thought that was pretty interesting but it was yeah. also interesting you go through you know a walk through museum and you know it's really sad as you're walking through and you see the story and you know, listen to the the actual calls and then we get over 
uh, you know, we go stand outside. Did they show video? Is there video? They do have some video of it. Do you see the people (laughs) jumping out? Uh, you see them standing on the edge, but they don't watch. They, they, don't, show the they don't show the jump. But you right. see them all out. You know, when they broke the windows out, you see just like a ton of people just standing out there trying to get fresh air. Have you seen the History Channel doc on it? I have not. Oh, it's so good. Uh, History Channel. Uh, it's like an hour and thirty minutes, uh, and they just assembled uh, all the news footage from various angles and camera footage that people were taking on the ground. A lot of personal camera footage, and put it on a timeline. Uh, to the mapped it to the time that it was, and then you just move from camera to camera around the city, and you relive what had happened that day. Uh, and it's just it's an awesome doc to watch. And then afterwards, uh, the people who actually shot it are interviewed, and they talk about what how they felt at the time and why they shot it and what had happened. Uh, it's incredible footage and stuff. Anyway, um, right, well, anyway, so we're we're there and we we get a guided tour, which mm-hmm. usually don't get a guided tour. There's, right, but you know, you're with the cancer group. kids, yeah, so, so you know cancer. They kids pull that card, yeah, the right. cancer card. Right, which one of the kids is like, I don't have a ca- cancer card. Where do I get one of those? Is that you said cancer <laughs> card? And the kid actually thought you were nice. All right. uh, so anyway, same place you get the race card from, kid. <laughs> exactly. Was it a black kid? No. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> the black kid didn't know what the cancer card meant. You pull the race card or the cancer card, whichever you yeah, choose. Right. But the race card doesn't get you a free tour. It doesn't, no. Yeah. The cancer cancer card gets you a free tour, though. All right. So anyway, we, we meet this guy. He's going to give us a tour. He actually ends up being the guy from the 82nd story when the, when the plane hit on the North Tower. Nice. So as he's walking us through all, all the, you know, what was going on and stuff like that, you start actually hearing, you know. So what did he do before he became a tour guide? Uh, he actually still does something else. He's on the board for the uh, what's person to person. I think is what the actual thing is called now, uh-huh. um, which is. But he uh, he still has a regular job. He comes in just occasionally. He's like they called me in to do this for you guys today, so I did. It's not like a regular tour. Oh, well, all right. So it is pretty special. Today. I was going to say, look at that nine eleven created jobs. <laughs> all right. So he was your tour guide. He was. He was you know, seconds. some of the, yeah, some of the stuff you know is. You know, this is what this is for, you know, this is why this was here, you know, and the tree that um, survived and they took out to a ranch and they regrew it. Now it's out there. It's called the survivor tree, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he's telling us stories like that. And then we get to his little, one of the trees where it's hot out there and he starts going over a story and telling us, you know, he's on the 82nd story and he feels this thing and his chair moves. He's not really sure what's going on. And, you know, he just walks us through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's like not a dry eye in the <laughs> around us. No, I'd imagine not. Um, but it, it's just so touching to actually hear the story. I mean, it's touching to see the stuff, but when you hear the guy talk about it, how you know, trying to get down the fire escapes and people going up and having to carry people, and right. Well, he said when the first tower came down, he was you know there's a mall underneath, like the, where the fountain was, and there's the two towers, but underneath that the ground level there was a mall. With like you know, Urban Outfitters and that kind of stuff. Like there was mall. there were stores on yeah. the ground, but not like an they were not like an indoor mall. They were underneath. What do you mean underneath? Like underground? Underground. The mall was underground. So there wasn't like an indoor mall. Like you, the halls are inside and air conditioned, and yeah, you're was looking on, at yeah. the stores. Yeah, because on oh, top okay. ground level there's the fountain. The fountain with the big. What was it the white wire? I thought ground level had some shops. Had like the first level, there would. There well, I think they had some stuff. shops also, but underneath there was a huge mm-hmm. area in between, you know, the two areas, and underneath there was a shopping mall. Okay. Anyway, he talked about how he, you know, he's down there when the first tower collapsed, which would have been his tower, mm-hmm. and how lucky he was to be able to get out of there and having to listen to a voice to find his way out. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, it's just. Uh, 
really moving to listen to this guy talk about the whole story and because right. you, know, you don't and it's kind of like going to uh Pearl Harbor and you know it's so much different if I don't, don't know if they still do it but if you hear a guy talk about how it was and what happened there it's, it's just more touching or Museum of Tolerance when you have someone who's actually part of the camps I haven't been to Museum of Tolerance I have been to Pearl Harbor and I thought Pearl Harbor was a waste like they really missed the boat when I went but if you listen literally to, <laughs> oh da 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 here there I didn't but, even mean but that. when okay. I was there, which was many years ago, um, you know, there was a lot of survivors back then. I know there's not so many now. No. But listening to the stories of someone who was actually there relive it is totally different. That would be than, cool, I guess. Yeah, it's totally different yeah. than just watching. I mean, right now, if we didn't have that tour, we would have seen you know a couple waterfalls, some names right. on it, you know, the tree, whatever. Uh, but when you actually hear someone who experienced it, it, right. it just brings it more to. Yeah, that was the yeah. When I went to the Arizona, you just go out there and they treat it like a gravesite, and it's very quiet and mm-hmm. somber, and nobody says anything. And I really felt like um, that they missed the boat on <laughs> again, that they missed the opportunity to really educate at that point and turn it into something that was much more interesting and interactive of what happened that day and. Uh, how to how to prevent it, how to keep it from happening again, which is what uh, Pearl Harbor the movie and uh, uh, well, it, the it's love a story. Mo- it's a movie. It's a love story. It's actually a pretty good movie, um, but uh, the movie recounts ev- the events that happen, uh, and there is a, a doc on the Pearl Harbor special edition, the Michael Bay movie. Uh, by the curator of the uh, uh, memorial, the Pearl Harbor Memorial, the actual curator guy there, uh, and says that for the most part, the movie gets the events factually correct when the planes were coming in and when the guys on the uh, uh, the radio tower uh, thought that it was U.S. bombers coming in and not the Japanese that were coming in and then what gets attacked first and how the ships and all of that go down. So as much fun as you may want to make of Pearl Harbor, if you go and you watch that segment of the movie, it's considered to be very accurate. And a, a really awesome – the black guy, who, which is played by Cuba Gooding Jr., which is factual as well, that – The cook? Oh, yes, was just a cook and uh, grabbed the guns and shot down – responsible for two or three planes being shot down that day by himself. Uh, and then, of course, given the time and the way society was – uh, that black guy is the first um, naval seaman or might be the first military man to be decorated by a general. And he was decorated like two months later on the bow of another boat that he continued serving on. So, And a lot of people forget about that black guy and, and that part of history. And so Pearl Harbor, the movie, got that stuff right, and that was pretty awesome. And I sort of felt – I mean, I know that the memorial isn't going to be Hollywoodized – but I sort of felt that they there should have been more of that. Um, well, I think uh, the the nine eleven is kind of like that. If you go into the the interactive area, I think there's a lot more to it. But if you go mm-hmm. to where the fountains are, yeah, it's kind of like you know somber. I've been to I actually been to where the fountains were. I spent about five minutes there, and I was like, this exactly, is exactly because it's kind of somber. It's just, yeah, uh, like but, I didn't. But if you hear the guy tell the story, it brings it to life, and you're like, wow, that's. You know, if Patriot I wanted Church. to go to a cemetery and a grave, and was site, it a red flag? Did do. Bush plan the whole thing to get patriotism oh, going God, to go to I war? Don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
that's a whole debate. <laughs> that's another I, one. Yeah, and it's, I don't even. And again, I'm 40. I'm almost 40. I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. I, I've watched the conspiracy movies and uh, whether you know we did it to you know start the war or whatever other reasons. And um, I just I heard an interview with Rosie O'Donnell talking to Howard, and Rosie was talking about. Um, uh, how she thinks that the it, that the buildings were blown up from the bottom, that there was actually oh, there's a, yeah, there's a big conspiracy. Yeah, Jesse Ventura. Um, uh, yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah, he has that one. thing also. So, the way it collapsed, it didn't take anybody out. Another interesting. I don't know if you know the the um, church right across the street from that. All these stained glass windows. Not one window got broken. Oh, God was uh, God was there. That's where the firemen were staying at God the time. God was protecting the church. How crazy is that? Why wasn't he protecting the buildings? <laughs> I think, you know, I was talking to friends over in London, and I'm like, you know, it's, of all the things, there was, what, 12? London? You went to London? <laughs> so there's like 1,200 people or something like that that died in the 9-11 towers. Uh-huh. Don't know anybody. 12 people get shot in Colorado, and we yeah, know someone. We know somebody, yeah. That's this seems crazy. Pretty jacked up. I had once met a guy uh, who was in the subway when the first plane hit. And they stopped the subway before it went because there was a sub. I guess because the of the mall, stations, yeah. there was a subway station under the, that building or those buildings, um, and they were detained there. And then uh, it was determined that everything was clear because at that point they didn't know the tower was going to fall, and the second plane hadn't gone in the other tower. Uh, so the subway went ahead and drove through, and you know started back up and went through. And he got to his destination, and then the two towers fell, and he realized how close he was to death that he packed up the car, got rid of you know his stuff, and came out to California. <laughs> was like, I'm just not living with that. <laughs> and I some earthquakes. I thought it was an awesome story because this was the only person I had ever met that was that close to what had happened there. Um, anyway, so you went to the, the boring-ass memorial. <laughs> Didn't say it was boring. So it's more interesting if I you have someone. Boring, you did. Yeah. Right. So yeah, and then I took off to to London. Uh huh. I re- I don't know how much time we. Have. <laughs> That's what... uh, well, we're at we're at thirty minutes, so we have. I guess we can, because the London story is probably going to be a long story. I don't know. There's a lot of drinking, a lot of hacky sacking here and there. Cheese All right, festival. you went to London. <laughs> you went to London because you went to the Olympics. I went to the Olympics because yes. because my friend Helen Jenkins right made it to the Olympics in triathlon. Yes, uh, female triathlon. Obviously, she is number one. Or she is number one in the world. She was two thousand eight and two thousand eleven, I guess. Okay, so Helen Jenkins is going to compete for the United Kingdom uh, in the triathlon at the uh, you know, two thousand twelve Olympics. Yep, in uh, London. And you, so you got to, did you get to go in Olympic Village? I did not. I, uh, well, the village is actually just for the athletes, right. which apparently is just a big, huge orgy. When I've uh, heard. <laughs> so Vincent couldn't get, Vincent is our, another friend of ours that uh, is in, lives in Wales. He lives, yeah. And, and uh, it was actually training her, uh, all the bike stuff, because Mark, her husband, who's also her coach, has yeah. a back injury, so... Uh, Vince was training her. Vince took over training. Yeah. Okay. Just on the just on the biking portion because Vince really likes to bike. Right. Vince was uh, so uh, he would go. And Vince he was might. destined to be an Olympic cyclist, but it didn't happen. No, actually, because he did. Uh, he, he says he should have, but he went. Uh, I du- I should have been president. Of the well, United because States. he always he always did duathlons. 
which okay. is running and biking. Okay. And he was world champion at one point of, of right. that. And then he has all these injuries. And now when we're out there, he's like, I don't know why I just didn't stick to cycling because I probably could have done well in cycling. But right. Now, but now he's 40 years old and I think and, that, that dream has passed now. And thinking about his mortgage and retirement. <laughs> And starting a podcast. Exactly. So, okay, so you you were on standby in New York. You caught a plane, and you went to London. I went to London. Oh, I wish I had the sound effect. You sound like you're from London. <laughs> that would be perfect. All right, go on. Uh, yeah, so we get there, and, uh, you know, I, I get there. Within a half hour. You're drunk. I, no. No. I was, I, was, I was really tired because when you go east, that jet lag is, is so tough on your body. Why? You left. What time did you leave New York? Uh, nine, nine p.m. Nine p.m. And you've got a six-hour flight. Yeah, a little over six. Okay, and so that gets you there at three our time, which is uh, which is a five-hour difference. So it's eight eight a.m. Wait, 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 five hour from California, or five hour from New York. New York, five hour from New York. It's eight so, hours from here. So you get there at three a.m., but it's eight a.m. Yeah, uh, nine. I think I arrived at nine. At nine a.m. in the yeah, morning, like their time. But their to time. you, it's. It feels like three. Well, actually, because I've I've only spent one night in New York, so I'm still on Pacific Coast time. So it, right. So it's still it feels like midnight to me. Okay, so it's nine. So you you're ready for bed yeah. at midnight. So yeah, so you're tired. Okay, you, you know it's midnight to me. Right, but the sun's up. It's eight o'clock in the morning there. Okay, so it it, it plays some havoc on your body. It's. So I end up going and uh, hanging out with... You get the shits, probably, huh? No, actually. Oh. <laughs> is, is, that, is that an issue with you? If, yeah, if I don't... It, yeah, sleep in the morning can cause stomach issues for me. Yeah. Anyway. No, didn't have any of those. But we, you know, I end up getting there, totally tired. Uh, we end up... Vince picks me up. It's like a two-hour drive from Heathrow into Bridge End, which is where he's from. Bridge so, End or Brigend? Bridge End. Bridge End. It's where the bridge ends. Yeah, but it's all one word, so it's not like... That's where Vince lives, is at the bridge end? Well, that's where Helen and Mark live also. They all live at the bridge end. They live in bridge end. All right. So Vince... All right, go on. Go on. So, yeah, so we end. get there, but Vince has to go out and train Helen. Has to go on the bike. So I end up hanging out with Mark. Mark has this new jacuzzi in their backyard, and I'm like... I don't know, I mean, you know, she's a professional athlete. Yeah, he's like, yeah, we got this. Uh, they called me up and asked me if I wanted this. He's like, I'm not going to... He's like... I, He's like, I'll, they'll give me the company jacuzzi. It's actually the jacuzzi company. Called uh-huh. him up and said, we have this, you know, top of the line jacuzzi we want you to have, you know, for Helen. Um, but, you know, you need to do the slab and put electric in. And Mark okay. was like, no. Was it a swim spa that they were giving her? No, it's just a jacuzzi. It's a, oh, because a swim spa would make more sense because she, she swims. swims. No, All right. It's just a regular jacuzzi. So Mark said no. Yeah, Mark's like, no, if I have to put do anything, uh, it's not worth it to me. So they called him up and said, okay, if you lay the slab, we'll do everything else. So now he has a jacuzzi. <laughs> okay. So he has a spa in the back. He has a spa in the back. So now I'm hanging out and you know, drinking beers and sitting in the spa. In the Olympic jacuzzi. And just totally dead tired. <laughs> okay. With so, Mark. With Mark. Actually, so you've Mark. flown to that side of the pond. You're dead tired. And you're naked in a spa with I'm another not naked. guy. I, I do. I do have a bathing suit. <laughs> All right. You <laughs> brought did. your bathing suit with you? Of course I did. I why? Why not? Who would go? Who would leave California and think they're going to do some swimming in that cold water in, on the other side of the pond? Well, let's see. I got into a spa out there, and then we also Vince and I went into the Roman baths. In bath, wouldn't you be naked there? 
No. No? They don't allow you to be naked in there. I don't know. What, you know, that they have page three girls <laughs> over there. Um, I just no, they're still against nudity. Are they? Mm-hmm. They have new. They have girls like in com- TV commercials are naked. Like you see breasts getting I soaked up. This. That's it's what I hear. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen any of those. So go on. Oh, so anyway, yeah, that's that was my my first day there. Is I was just dead tired. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, then Saturday we ended up going to the Caffili Cheese Festival, which Caffili is just like a super really old castle from the. AD 75, I think, is what mm-hmm. it was built, which is pretty cool. Okay. So Vince and I get there, ton of people. They expect, I think they say, a three-day festival, they expect like 80,000 people. It's, it's called a cheese festival. Mm-hmm. Vince and I get there. Can't find any cheese anywhere. Really? At the cheese festival? At the cheese festival. No cheese. We could not find the cheese festival. All right. Ton of people, no cheese. Oh, and it's raining because that's what it does out there during the summer. It rains. It rains. It, well, isn't that what it does 24 hours a day out there? Is it rain? It's like always it raining. It just sucks because yeah, I come from, well, I was in Parker at 110. I was in Vegas right. at 110. I go out there. Even Beth New York was nice. Was was damn hot. Right. <laughs> Humid. Not not the dry heat. Now, in England, it's uh, raining all the time, but is it humid? Is it really humid? It's, it's pretty much the same as Seattle. Okay. So it's sort of, uh, it's like... When we have our winter, it's cold um, and a little misty. It's not uncomfortably humid. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, but there's moisture in there. You're yeah. breathing. Until, there, you know, there were a couple you're days. You're breathing nicely. Yeah, there were a couple days that the sun really came out, mm-hmm. which means it gets more humid because, you know, the dew and the moisture and all that. Right. Come off the plants. So, yeah, we did the cheese festival. I did... Uh, you couldn't see. find cheese. We could not find cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vince and I searched all over to find cheese. Finally, we found one little thing that had, like, three squares of cheese. Mm. And going to bars. You go into bars, there's no light beer. Pissed no. me off that there's no light beer. Yeah, it's all that dark shit, right? It's all dark. And it's served warm. Uh, some is served warm. They do have some that they call super cold. It says that on tap, super cold. Okay. Is it really cold? <laughs> not really cold. It's not like Coors Light. I'm not so sure the mountains would be totally blue. <laughs> okay. Uh, how, how is warm beer? I'm sure you had it. I did. Uh, it was okay. Um, I drank a lot of Fosters when I was out there because they do have Fosters, so I'd mix that with lemonade. I'm not cool. a big – I don't like beer that much, like the, like the taste of beer, so I like the lighter beers because I like the effect of beer. You're always drinking beer. What do you mean you don't like beer? I drank the lighter beers because it, it tastes – it doesn't have that much of a taste. I drink wine because I don't like beer. Well, I, I drank Captain and Coke. I drink beer because Cap- if I drink it like at the river, I get drunk mm-hmm. way too fast because it goes down too fast. Beer, you know, it's refreshing. It's not it's, refreshing. It makes you pee and it's just – At it, the it, river, it doesn't matter. You have free pee. Well, yeah, it dehydrates you. I mean, I would rather – It does not. It has water in it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Um, all right, so you had warm, warm beer. Warm beer. And the, the taps, I mean, they do have some that are, that are um, carbonated, you know, so they come off. But a lot of them, they like pump, like the beer they pump out. So it's just like, a, it's like maple syrup? It's yeah. Just it's just a flat. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, like, you know, it's like the old water well pump things. A flat, thick, warm. There's no bubbles in it? No, they, there's no. It's very little head in it. Um, so Foster's. That had to have been refrigerated. That had been it was. Yeah, we even so went cool. one night. We were at well, we went to a bar in Bridge. You know, Vince always talks about how much fun Bridge End is, and you know, everyone's out there partying, have a good time. So we Friday night it was opening ceremonies, and we 
go down the main street of Bridge End. You didn't – well, Helen attended opening ceremony. No, Helen did not attend an opening ceremony. Apparently, a lot of athletes do not attend the opening ceremony because of all the germs. They choose not to go because there's so many people and a good chance of getting something. So did Helen stay out of the Olympic Village altogether? No, she went in after her event. So during, but not before. Not before. So she went in for the orgy. Yeah, exactly. Now was uh, did Mark go in? Uh, no, well, no. he couldn't get in because he's not an athlete. He's a, probably he's, not. He's, he's, he's listed as a, as a coach husband. or a trainer or something. But yeah, I don't, I, honestly, I don't know because when her event was over, um, he did some stuff with her, and Saturday night he was back at home. Uh, but she was still out. She was. She stayed having they, sex in Olympic Village. Well, she wasn't in Olympic Village then. She was actually in a hotel. That's what she said. <laughs> possible i don't right. know but she uh, she's they the they weren't in the olympic village until like her team uh, until i want to say it was sunday night okay so her event was saturday night i think they stayed in the hotel there's some crazy statistic that uh the last olympics trojan donated like ten thousand condoms and they were <laughs> gone within a week so there was like a hundred thousand condoms donated to <laughs> to this olympics uh to so this way that they wouldn't run out um, she did say it was interesting. You know, you can tell the ones who haven't done their event yet. You know, she's oh, because like, they're not having sex. No, no, they're because the way they eat. Like she's like because oh. you know, all the food is free and they have food from all over the world. Right, you know, and you're, right. you're just grubbing down on everything possible, and you see right. these people eating salads. And yes, they're the ones who haven't done their event. <laughs> yeah. The the wrestlers who were in the who were the last had to you know keep fit or whatever synchronized swimmers. And we had the last the Olympics in two thousand I guess what two thousand eight. Wait a minute. 9, 10, 11, 12, 2008. How long was uh, in those also in Beijing? There was a – Beijing, yeah. There was – I think that was the Olympics. There was a girl who got uh, too – partied too hard in Olympic Village and then was kicked out, wasn't able to complete her <laughs> – or compete because she partied too hard. Uh, I, I so, can see it happening. I, that's what you do But there, you didn't right? go – how can – I would be striving to get an Olympic Village. How you can't. Can you? And then even that whole Olympic – what are they called? The Olympic – was it Gardens? Oh, no, Olympic Gardens in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Olympic don't, Gardens don't is a strip club in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. So uh, that whole Olympic area where all the, everything was, uh, you couldn't get it. You had to have a ticket, and those were all sold out. So Helen they, couldn't get us in there either. Did they construct housing, or did they take over like apartment buildings and convert it to Olympic Village? I'm not really sure because you know she talked about how she had to have roommates. I mean, it was obviously her team, but she uh-huh. had roommates, and there, I guess there was a common area and then two bedrooms. Uh, but the co- the door to the common area, I guess, wouldn't lock, and there was p- things about people stealing people's tickets and stuff like that. Tickets to what? To other events, because they still had to have tickets to events. Oh, okay. Each athlete's allotted whatever. No, tickets. I think you. I don't. I don't know how that works. I don't know if you just have to. Hey, you know, I got some buddies. Can I? Because she ended up getting those tickets to the male triathlon. So but, is that is that the only event you saw? I saw female triathlon. I saw male triathlon and. Damn that uh, marathon going through London. I saw that also because, you know, we were in London checking out the sites during that time. Uh-huh. And they you got were, uh, stuck in it. Yes, because they have the stanches, you know, going all the way up around that whole track. Now, the female triathlon didn't require tickets, I thought. That's what they said on TV is that because it was through the park is, and whatever, people could just come out and You watch. could do both. Oh, okay. So there was a ticketed area and a non-ticketed yeah. area. And we actually um, did not go in the ticketed area for her because uh, we were there with a bunch of people. We were mm-hmm. there with about 20 people. Mm-hmm. And uh, they picked an area, so we sat outside. 
which sucks because we didn't get to see a lot of the stuff. We got to see your pass, right. but we didn't get to watch it on the screens. Okay, so before we get to our event, um, uh, do we have time? Do we need to switch to? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. The event will be the next episode. Um, you uh, the nail biter cliffhanger. All right. Um, all right. So uh, you have only seen three events. Um, traffic, I hear, is a nightmare getting around. They had like an express lane just for Olympic vehicles and press and stuff. They did have an express lane, but you know, the traffic wasn't that bad. Uh, and in London, everyone, well, they go on the tube, right? What, what's the tube's the tube? there. The tube is a subway. Oh, okay. And those go everywhere. Okay. And then they also have this really cool thing. It's, uh, uh, Barclays bank has a bunch of banks of, uh, not bank banks, but bikes, and you can rent them for a pound a day, uh-huh. which is roughly a buck fifty. And you can, you know, take it off and cruise somewhere, and you can just park it somewhere else, and you grab another bike later on. Okay, so they do that on studio lots where you can just grab a bike and take it across the lot, and then you just leave it and you yeah. grab another one. Um, uh, so they you do that all throughout. You the pick city, them up at school. Barclays and drop them off at well, Barclays. Well, they, they have no, they have they have these bike racks and these kiosks. So you put your credit card in the kiosk, and we hadn't actually used them, but we checked it out and just see. Does the bike get locked in? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. And so, then you push what number bike you're taking out, and you take the bike out, and then you just go to. And you go, and then you just you drop ride it off it the next kiosk. Mm-hmm. What happens when you get to a kiosk and it's full? I guess you got to find a new, <laughs> <you're screwed. laughs> next kiosk. All right, so. Um, but I thought it was a great idea. So there were, you biked around the city, or no, you could have biked around the no, city. No, we didn't uh, use the tube. I was, yeah, and I was following Vince, and Vince, I don't know if you ever walked with Vince, but it's more like a power walk. Oh, okay. So I was always like you know, 20 feet behind him, trying Entired. to look at things. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm trying to look at, well, you know, because I'm sightseeing. Right. Never been to that side of the pond before. Yeah. Right. And, you know, he's just booking it as fast as possible. Right. I had to stop several times and wait for me because I'm just like, eh, what's going on? Right. It's beautiful here. Meet you at the next block. Mm-hmm. Um, the tube, does the tube go underground? Is it underground subway or above It's ground? all underground. So and that, not only that, but the way it's layered, I don't know how many stories underground it goes. That's not affected by the Olympic traffic, though, so that's fine. Well, there's so many people on it, though. Right. And then inside London, which I thought I, – I didn't get a good feel of what London is actually like because a lot of the streets were closed off. Yeah, it was because it was converted for Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just – and a ton of people, so many people there. And there was, you know, ambassadors on every street corner making sure you're not lost. And So she didn't go to the opening ceremonies. Did she no, go to the had, closing? I don't think she you did. were back by then. I was, yeah, I was back. So, I was last so she didn't go to the opening ceremonies. We had, we had, uh, they had fish and chips on the beach, and I had chicken and chips. So okay. we we had our own opening ceremony. They took Barney the dog, which is, you know, it's obviously it, that's like their family right there. Their so dog, you, yeah. Did they? Did you watch the ceremonies? Uh, as Vince and I were going from bar to bar in Bridge Inn that night, uh-huh. uh, learning that. Bridge Inn is dead. The first bar we went to, we went. The Bridge Inn is not the party place that Vincent <laughs> claims it to be. It was not. We went to the old old folks bar, which I think we were the youngest people there at forty. Okay. And then we moved into another one, which I don't think there's anybody. And then like the one that was the the second one was I referred to as the ugly stick. I mean, we brought the bar the uh, the bar up a lot when we walked in there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
But that's the case with most European chicks. I mean, they're missing teeth and stuff like that, right? <laughs> I didn't really know. And they that smell. Too much. <laughs> they don't. They don't use deodorant. It was just weird. And then we went to this other like dance club thing. And there's like I don't know, fifty people in there or something like that. And it yeah, was. Yeah. Well, did, well, and they were wearing these funny mustaches. I don't know why. But we were watching the. Uh, was Vince just apologizing profusely and he saying was, it isn't uh, like this? It isn't usually. Well, yeah, like of course yeah, he was. He's it's like, yeah, like you know, he's like, oh, because the recession. I'm like, it's a Friday night. Don't give me <laughs> yeah. that shit. It always sucks like this. Yeah. Uh, the next night we actually did it at partying uh, pretty hard there. Well, we started in Cardiff, which is a pretty big town. Okay. And we started there and got really drunk and then continued on into Bridge Inn because we had to leave, catch the last train by 11.30, I think. So uh-huh. we finished partying at like 3. Well, I think the bars closed at 2. Then we ended up uh, with a couple girls over at the not, – nothing exciting there. It's a wife, uh, two wives of friends that we know. But okay. They just happened to be there, and we did some Sing Star at Vince's house. Sing what? Sing Star. What is that? It's a, a video game where you just sing. It's like karaoke. Oh, like rock band or garage band, <laughs> but for vocals. Yep. Okay. Um, all right. So what else? What else happened leading up to the event? Oh, uh, leading up to the event of the her her event, the triathlon. Did anything? Anything interesting occur? Well, you saw, I don't know if you looked on Facebook, but me uh, training with her. Once she could beat me in the bicycle, I knew she was good. Right. Um, I did see her train with you on the bike. Um, I was looking pretty fit there in my my kit. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So other than that, was she just, you know, training, just working hard, just at it or just staying? Was she just, like, whatever, hanging out? Um, she, she does train pretty hard. I mean, I know she trained weeks up to it, but I'm like, this week that you're there, is she just like hanging out with you guys, or is she like, oh my god, Olympics? Olympics. Uh, she was. She didn't seem so stressed, but I think when we were gone, from what Mark was saying, she was pretty stressed. I mean, okay. she has. She was, you know, she was top of her game in San Diego in May, and she ended up getting a knee injury. Um, I think around June. It must have been in June. Okay. And that, that slowed her down in running. Ah. She, she was at the very top of her game. And she has actually a blog out there that explains the whole thing. Um, she blogs? I don't think I, – I think I tried Googling her and I couldn't find her online. <laughs> yeah, if you go to – well, I, I became friends with Mark, Facebook friends with Mark. I requested Helen's friendship, but I don't think she's accepted me. Aw. Yeah, so whatever. So that's fine. Anyway, she has a whole blog about. I'm know, pretty uh, sure after we're talking, we finish talking about the Olympics. She's probably not going to accept me. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess we'll get to that topic on the next show because we're like 50 minutes in. So, and we still don't have a way to end it. So goodbye. <laughs> have a day. Be sure to leave your feedback, comments, and suggestions on iTunes. We'll read all of those. And for more information on the show, visit getconvinced.com.